Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Humility admits we do not have all the answers that we are not God. Let me state this again. Humility admits our need of God's help, direction, love, and acceptance. Let me have your attention. Do you admit that last sentence? Do you admit the need of God's help, direction, love, and acceptance in your life? It's when we finally admit we don't have all the answers that we begin to move in the right direction towards God. We'll never be able to do life right until we come to this realization and adjust the distorted view we have of ourselves in relation to God and others. Scripture tells us we should have an attitude like Jesus. He humbled himself without regard to his position and willingly went in our place to the cross. Christ-like humility admits our need for God's help guidance, love, and acceptance. It's having the right view of self because we have the right view of God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 18, with our continuing study entitled, God's Love Hate List. When you think you're better than me because you have more background, more money, live in a better home, derive a different... When you think that, what God's trying to say here is simply this. We're all equal because we've been created in His image. Now, you know, for many years I worked as the director of pharmacy in a hospital. And because of that, Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 kind of says it like this, and I'll explain what I mean. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So what Paul is trying to say when we read that, studied that a few months ago, is this. As Christians, we're all equal. You can't divide yourself, oh, I'm Jew and Gentile. You can be Jew and Gentile, we are. But that's not the issue. It has nothing to do with that. We're all one because Christ lives in us. Now, outside of that, with non-Christians, we're still equal because we're all created in the image of God. Now, as I worked in the hospital, because I was a director, I was able to uh, hang around with the administrators of the hospital and also many of the physicians of the hospital. And it was interesting to me that outside the hospital, when I would play uh, uh, racquetball with the docs, in those days, or when I would play golf with the dogs, all the things that inside the hospital, or the administrators, because I lots of times would play with maybe even the administrator of the hospital or whatever, when those kind of things took place, everything inside the hospital disappeared. No, nobody had their name tag on. 
didn't care what kind of car you drove, weren't interested in what kind of money you make, even if you made three or four times what I made. We were on those courts, we were all equal. You know, I, I played with docs that could drive the ball worse than I did. We were all equal. We all went over in the water looking for those balls just like anybody else. And what, what I discovered was this, that certainly in this world, there are huge differences in people and circumstances. The kind of car you live in, the subdivision you have, the background, the ethnic, the possessions, the IQ. The, there's lots of those differences. But realistically, from God's viewpoint, which is the only point that counts, we're all equal. He doesn't really care about any of those things. Those things are just side issues. I want you to think about this, that from God's viewpoint, we are all made from the same dirt. We're just dirt bags. <laughs> yeah. There's no room for pride in the body of Christ. The book of Proverbs in another passage says, pride only brings or breeds quarrels. This morning, let me remind you as a Christian, don't compare yourself to others. We're all equal. Don't ever look down on someone. God has gifted all of us to work together as a team. That's why we're here. I know, in fact, I talked to somebody just a few weeks ago, that in our country today, there are still churches that have prejudice. To me, that's impossible if you study the scripture. See, we're all equal. God created us. And if there's anything good in any of us, God put it there. It has nothing to do with me. Forget the self-deal. It has to do with God. Now, there's a bigger issue than human pride. It's spiritual pride. Spiritual pride, turn with me to Proverbs 16, 18. 16, 18. This kind of pride is a proud look against God. Spiritual pride is having too big a view of self and too small a view of God. Pride is simply independence from God, self-rule. It magnifies self and minimizes God. It leads to overconfidence, a cocky attitude in self, 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 self. Self always in first place. Now, I know some of you this morning would say, well, Pastor Mark, are you crazy? I would never elevate myself against God. I would never have a proud look against God. Yes, we do. All of us have done that. How does that work? It works like this. When I want my agenda, and I do my agenda, rather than God's agenda, that's pride. That's spiritual pride. When I disobey the Word of God and do my thing, and I put self before God, that's disobedience. And disobedience is spiritual pride. Spiritual pride. Think about that. Disobedience means that I have a prideful attitude toward the creator of the universe. I think more of my plan than I think of God's plan. That can't be. So as Christians, we do that. Sometimes I want to do my thing. Now, if I do my thing, if I ignore God's word, if I do his will, I put his will in second place and my will first, is there going to be a problem? God, first of all, hates this kind of thing when I put me in front of God. 
Well, look at Proverbs 16, 18. Notice when we studied that list of seven, the very first sin listed was pride. Why? Because it's the basic motivation for all sins. Well, what happens if I put myself in front of God? Well, look at Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So what does that mean? It means this. That if I disobey God, if I put God in second place, there's a problem coming to my life. There's definitely going to be a fall. Pride caused Satan to fall. Isaiah said, tells us that Satan just kept saying, I will, I will, I will, I will. When that happened, Satan fell. He wanted to be equal or better than God. Pride caused the human race to fall. Eve said, I want this fruit. Satan said to Eve, if you eat it, you'll be like God. So she said, I want to be like God. I want to be able to have that knowledge. Because of that, the human race fell. Now turn with me to Proverbs 11.2. God hates pride, but he loves humility. Humility is a strange word. And sometimes we struggle with it, thinking, really defining it, something that it is not. In Proverbs 11.2, Solomon says this, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Isn't it interesting that if we're going to be wise, we have to be humble first. So if you want to be wise this morning, we need to be humble. Well, what does it really mean to be humble? Here's what it is. Having the right view of self because we have the right view of God. Having the right view of self because we have the right view of God. Andrew Murray has a great quote in one of his books. He says this, listen, humility is the only root from which the genuine fruit of the Spirit can grow. In other words, if I want the fruits of the Spirit of my life, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, if I want those, they all stem out of humility. Turn with me to Luke chapter 14, New Testament. Jesus not only taught about humility, but he also lived it himself. In Luke 14, verse 11, Jesus gives us a whole different understanding of humility, a whole different way of living our lives. See, the biblical way up is always down. If you want to be built up, you always begin by serving others. Luke 14, 11 says this, for, circle the word, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be what? Exalted. Have you ever heard that at work? I don't think so. You see, the opposite is, I'm going to get ahead of you by stepping on you. You think you're getting this promotion? Not a chance. Jesus says, the biblical way up is always down. Everyone who exalts himself will eventually be humbled. But if I humble myself, 
I see who I am. I put God first. I put others first. In fact, the Bible says consider others better than yourself. As I do that, then God is going to lift me up. Now, 30 years after that teaching from Jesus, 30 years we find another teaching. Keep on turning back to the book of Philippians, chapter 2. 30 years later, we see Paul, the apostle, explaining to us how Jesus lived, how he came to this earth. He set the example of how to live. Now, what are we talking about? The first thing we're talking about this morning is that God hates a proud look, a haughty look, thinking I'm better than looking down at others, actually looking down at God by putting myself first. But he loves humility. He loves knowing that I have a right view of myself, that the only good thing in me has come from God. So Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, this. Notice the second word in verse 5, it's about attitude. It's all about attitude. Are you a negative person? Are you a positive person? Are you a proud person? Are you a humble person? It's all about our attitude. He said, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But Jesus made himself nothing. He took the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. So Jesus never let, listen, his self rule his life. He was humble. He was obedient. He was dependent on God. Humility admits our need of God's help, direction, love, and acceptance. Humility admits we do not have all the answers, that we are not God. And let me state this again. Humility admits our need of God's help, direction, love, and acceptance. Let me have your attention. Do you admit that last sentence? Do you admit the need of God's help, direction, love, and acceptance in your life? You, you know, there's more people today now coming to church, at least for a short period of time here, because they now realize they don't have all the answers. If you're here this morning and you think you really don't need God, that's the greatest pride of all. That's a very dangerous place. The Bible says you need to humble yourself because one day every knee will bow. So the wise thing to do is to realize this sentence. Humility admits our need of God's help, direction, love, and acceptance. There isn't a person in here that doesn't need God. And as a Christian this morning, let me remind you once again, let me just get it into our heads this morning, in case we're a little hot-shotty, cocky this morning. Anything good in any of our lives has come because of the grace of God. Anything has come because of the grace of God. So how could I be cocky? How could I be proud? I can't be. I must realize self in relationship to God. Always humble ourselves. Now, turn with me back to Proverbs 15. This brings up our second thing. First of all, we said this morning God hates pride, proud look, but he loves humility. Well, there's another sin that God hates, and we see that in Proverbs 15, 26. It's sin of a thought. It's our minds. 
It's a premeditated sin, a heart that devises wicked schemes. That's our second thing, a heart that devises wicked schemes. Look at Proverbs 15, 26. The Lord detests the thoughts of the wicked, but those of the pure are pleasing to him. What's going through your mind right now? What kind of thoughts have gone through your mind this week? Some of you are saying, 15 minutes and we're out of here. You're wrong. <laughs> it's at least 17. <laughs> See, our, our, our thought life is strange. Turn with me to Proverbs 4, verse 16, speaking about people with evil thoughts. For they cannot sleep till they do evil. They are robbed of slumber till they make someone fall. Think of all the premeditated evil schemes that were carefully made by the terrorists over the last few years. Premeditated. All the plans. Think of all the plans that are still out there that evil men have thought of. No doubt, as this verse says, many nights they could hardly sleep thinking of the outcome of those premeditated sins. The Bible says the evil, they can't sleep, they're robbed till they make someone fall. You say, well, Pastor Mark, how can mankind be so evil, so prideful, so full of wicked schemes? Like, how could anybody do that? Here's how. The Bible teaches us that apart from God, all people have wicked hearts and wicked thoughts. Do you know that you and I are guilty this morning? You say, well, Pastor Mark, I've never, ever thought of anything like that. No, but here's the truth. Think of the last time you were hurt by somebody. May have been justified, unjustified. Think of the night or two that you laid awake, you couldn't sleep, you toss and turn, you're going to get even. You're working the plan. You'll take care of that individual. You, you see, we've all been there. We've all done it. We've all struggled in those areas. That's because apart from God, our thought life is filled with wickedness. Well, if God hates a premeditated sin, a thought that's rolled over in our minds that I'm going to do something against him, if he hates that, he also hates, the third one this morning, a sin of action. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. Proverbs 23, you don't need to turn there, says this. As a man or woman thinks in their heart, so they become. You see, sin begins in our thought life. We roll it over, but often it will then work itself out to our feet, our mouth, our hands. That's why God hates a mind that plans these evil things. But he also hates feet that quickly carry out these plans. How many times you and I have also gotten into trouble We've been presented something. We didn't really think about it very well. And we allowed prideful thoughts to come. And we immediately went and made this decision. And we made a quick decision. Our feet were quick to run into evil. And then when we got where we thought we wanted to go, we realized we shouldn't have been there at all. Miserable place to be, isn't it? Here's a key for you this morning. If you're making a decision, and if you feel rushed normally... It's not from God. If you feel panicked and rushed, you better just back up. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, if you want to get that flight and it's a great price, and I've got to get it now, that's all right. 
But if you're talking about something in your life spiritually, you're making a decision for a home, dating people, all kinds of things like that, don't rush into things. See, often our feet are quick to go into evil. Back up, meditate, allow God to bring peace to your heart, not evil. Don't put yourself first. Say when, you, when you're ready to run quickly into that thing, God, is this what you want? I want your will. I, I, don't, I don't want to be prideful and do my thing. Very important thing. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 6, all the way to the beginning book, not hard to find. I want us to look at putting this story into practice. Putting these three things that God hates, seeing them in a different light, and allowing the Holy Spirit to apply these principles to our lives before we leave today. Now, in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, this is before the flood, and we see the condition of men's hearts. Notice, verse 5. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. You see, the people in Noah's time were very wicked. Because they were in rebellion to God, they sat around and all they could think about were more ways to be more evil. This was not hard because their hearts and their minds were filled with that evil nature. Now because of that, by the way, that verse sounds very similar to our times today, doesn't it? Think of the evil that's out there. Well, because of this, God did something he didn't want to do. He decided to destroy evil mankind and start over. He found one man, his name was Noah, and the Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So Noah began to build an ark. It took him a hundred plus years. All that time he preached. He said to those guys that had evil thoughts, you can be saved, there's a flood coming. Now they'd never seen flood, they'd never seen water, they didn't understand this. And Noah said, if you believe me, you can get in the ark, you can save yourself. That was God's plan. But we know in the end, all those evil men refused. And the only ones that were in the ark were Noah and his family, eight people in all. Well, the flood came, the waters came, all mankind was destroyed. And then we turn over to Genesis chapter 9, and we see that when Noah starts again with those eight people, God reissues the command that was given back to Adam and to Eve. Same command. Look what God says. Then God blessed Noah and his sons, Genesis 9-1, saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and do what? Fill the earth. What would fill the earth mean? It means what we're doing here at Calvary Chapel in Melbourne. We're having babies that are filling the earth. And men go home, make love, fill the earth, go to all parts of the world. There aren't any more people repopulated everywhere throughout the world. Okay, so here's some important things to remember as we continue to learn the definite don'ts of the Christian life. There's a stark contrast between pride and humility. Pride is self-exaltation, self-preoccupation, and self-delusion. Keyword, self. Humility, on the other hand, puts others first because our focus is on God and our dependence is upon Him. God hates pride and loves humility. Remember this, apply it, and soon you'll begin to do life right. 
You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll learn that the Bible teaches us that apart from God, all people have wicked hearts and minds. No one's immune to the fact that we're born this way and willingly submit to the power it has in our lives. God has a solution for this, and it's through obedience, faith, and dependence on Him. Make sure you tune in to hear biblical solutions for victory over sin, so you can do what's right instead of instinctively wrong. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. His word made flesh in a hurry.